Section 19 of From the Easy Chair, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Schmidt. From the Easy Chair, Volume 1, by George William Curtis. Section 19, Sarah Shaw Russell. There died lately a woman not known to the public, but whose loss to those who personally knew her can never be made good. The summer that shall come may bring as of old roses and violets, but the summer that is gone will never return. In the memory of all of us, there are persons who seem to have revealed to us the best that we know and are. They are so lofty that we are raised, so noble that we are ennobled so pure that we are purified they are generally women whose lives are noiseless who live at home wives and mothers without the ambition that spurs men to strive for renown but their days are full of such richness of beautiful life that its fitting image is that finest flower of tropical luxuriance the magnificent victoria regia a nature so modest and simple and a life so private that it seems almost a wrong to speak of them publicly yet a character so firm and tranquil and self-possessed that if necessary it would have met without doubt or hesitation any form of martyrdom can hardly be described without apparent exaggeration she was born in our familiar phrase a lady and from the beginning throughout a long life she was surrounded with perfect ease of circumstance she was singularly beautiful in her youth and to the close of her life she had the charm of personal loveliness her manner was direct and frank and cheerful and with her perfect candor and vigorous good sense it scattered the trivial and smirking artificialities of social intercourse as a clear wind from the northwest cools and refreshes the sultry languors of august early married to a man of the highest character and aims and of that practical good sense which makes ability most effective she was in entire sympathy with his wise and humane interests and thus in her family she was most fortunate and happy yet by beauty wealth position and the natural possession of the prizes for which life is generally a struggle she was wholly unspoiled her views of duty and of just human relations were so clear and true that she reinvigorated the conscience of all who knew her she was curiously free from the little weaknesses which we instinctively excuse in ourselves and others and although her absolute truthfulness necessarily but involuntarily rebuked us all we could no more be angry than with our own consciences the reproach was entirely involuntary. Never was a woman more tenderly tolerant of every honest difference, or more careful not to wound either by look or word or tone. Too true herself to suspect falsity in others, she was much too sensible to assume the part of mentor. In the great mental and moral activity of her generation, she was instinctively liberal, and never questioned in others the complete soul liberty, as Roger Williams called it, which she calmly and naturally maintained for herself. 
no reform could conceal from her its essential value as a high aspiration a good impulse if nothing more and however grotesque and extravagant the reformer she pierced his mask of eccentricity and welcomed the earnest seeker bewildered and blinded though he might be she judged speech and action by a remarkable intuition of right and wrong and it was interesting to see how surely and smoothly she cut sophistry straight through to the truth which it muffled and distorted men and women she valued solely for their intrinsic worth and never by conventional standards a fugitive slave and the prince of wales would have been treated by her in a way which would have assured them both that the different circumstances of their condition did not obscure their equal humanity to say this must not leave the impression that she was other than a lady of the simplest most refined and most unobtrusive but cordial manner there must be no vision of a lady bountiful or of a lady of the manor or of any self-conscious personage whatever but stronger influence upon the lives with which she was brought in contact cannot well be conceived nor the perennial hope and encouragement which her cheerful presence inspired domestic sorrows touched that strong and noble heart not to any vehement demonstration but to a deeper faith and a sober serenity which interpreted the poet's sense of the still sad music of humanity courage confidence cheerfulness these were the good angels that dwelt with her and through her they breathed their benediction on all whom she loved or who personally knew her as she lived in communion with great thoughts and the widest human sympathies so that her life like our stillest harvest ripening days passed in sunny repose so the end was peace with no wasting malady no long decay of faculty she tranquilly slept there is nothing that poets feign of women that was not justified by her in thinking of her lofty life there is no need of excuse or allowance for human nature as it was never more unassuming or simple was never greater and lovelier than in her beautiful and wise and brave and gentle and good the thought of her is perpetual blessing end of section nineteen